a lot of the different reactionary um, uh, stuff that's happening, reactionary actions, uh, a lot of the uh, the uh, mm, I want to say respectability politics as opposed to like and and it'll come in the face. I saw something this past week and I was like, nah, that's this is not it. You know what I'm saying? And when I catch myself saying this is not it, then clearly it needs to be defined. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's what that's you know, that's one of the things and you see people who claim to be like we were speaking earlier, um who claim to be revolutionary and they get on the threshold of doing things and they gain this momentum and then they pass it off to somebody else, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it leaves us, it leaves us wanting. It leaves us in a position where we're not at the head of our movements. We're not at the head of deciding what's going to go on in our, in our future, in our communities, None of that. We're no longer self-determined. We're determined by proxy, you know, and we hand it off. And yeah. I think that, you know, there's a lot of historical context to that, you know, why we get to that point. And then we just kind of, you know, because we don't, we haven't seen ourselves in power. We haven't seen ourselves in power, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we've been in power over ourselves, but we're so far removed from that process and what that looks like and what it looks like to even you know, I, I have this I have this thing all the time for myself that I don't even know what yeah, it is to yeah. be in power, but I know I'm not in power here. I know that I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I know that I'm not moving for the sake of my own interests and my people. I know that, you know, without, without, you know, actually putting my, you know, spinning my wheels to that end to that particular end, if I'm not, if I'm just moving inside of this construct and moving inside of this system, I'm working for the system. So we have to absolutely be able to regain some kind of um, perspective on what actually, what, what actually is in our interest and what it looks like to move in your own interest and what it looks like to have representation that moves in your interest. Because yes, a lot of times we look at, you know, and we we have this, I, I know there's this, this blanket statement, you know, I'm I'm rooting for everybody black. Don't you do it. <laughs> like, Absolutely. you better be careful. Okay. Mm-hmm. You better be careful. Mm-hmm. So, they, all of these, all of these things are reasons why I just feel like, you know, it has to be broached. This whole, this, the topic has to be broached about um, yeah. what it looks like to define it and so that we understand and we're not, you know, we're not fighting amongst ourselves, you know. We're not fighting over Kamala Harris who, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just saying, she worked for the system. She's a part of this system. She's a part of this system. She was never, you know, for us. Don't get, mm-hmm. into, don't get to the point where you're fighting. I mean, you're going to do what you're going to do and can't nobody make you do no different. But let's mm-hmm. not be fighting over something that clearly is not a win for us. That's not a win for us. So, okay. Right. Um, all of right. these things are, are, are just reasons why I feel like it, you know, it needs to be defined what revolution is and what the, what the, to what end of everything we do 
needs to be. You know what I'm saying? We we need to understand mm-hmm. what that is. We can't just be all on the board going every kind of direction. For real. Well, exactly. I mean, because there's so much. The first thing is, like some shocker said earlier, he was saying if you had a starving man in the desert, and when you see him, it isn't the best thing isn't to do to just give him his heart's content. You don't set him at a, a small board. You don't take him to old country buffet. You're killing. <laughs> you know, so you have to right. feed him slowly, get him ready slowly. And this is, in this information age, you know, we've been just, slam pack with all of this information about who we were, where we came from, what our destiny should be. And we're trying to fix 400 to 600 years in six months. You know, it's insanity. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say, you know, about my whole thing on my take on, on the need for there to be a definition about it, for it to be more defined is because I think this is one of the misused words. Now in the black movement, mm-hmm. everything is being labeled revolution. You have mm-hmm. radical reformists out here. You have people, like you said, who their intentions are to find a solution for black people within the current existing system. If you mm-hmm. want to do that, you are a reformist, not a revolutionary. I don't care how big your pistol is. I don't care how much black you put on. I don't care how much you cock your beret right. to the side. If you wear a beret, your politics will speak volumes to uh, your ideology and the method in which you want to achieve liberation, empowerment, or whatever it is you say you black, you fight for for black people. Why I don't have a problem with black people fighting for our liberation and empowerment through any means. Hell, I don't knock people mm-hmm. who feel like that they have to go through the political process to get some reciprocity. You know, I don't knock them because at the very least, what will happen is they will find out the hypocrisy of the political process. They'll find out the BS. Can I say bullshit on this show? Is this a child's? You know what? I'm staying away from that. <laughs> they will find out. <laughs> they will find out the BS in the political system, and they will find out exactly what it is that is targeting them from achieving or living up to their highest fullest potential. This is why I'm thinking and and really a big advocate for political education and revolution in this day and time being defined. One of the things that happened uh, was when we look at revolution, one of the major revolutions waged in in America for black people that everyone is, you know, it's 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 renowned. It's more known. And that's with Dr. New mm-hmm. and Chairman and everybody in the so-called what people call the original, more known as the original Black Panther Party there again at the people we call it third development. Anyway, we look at their revolutions like that. We can find out, we see clearly why they were sparked. We see the agitation. We see the suppression. We see the blatant physical attacks and outward racism directed at a people and the intentional neglect towards the community, towards black people. Black African people right. in America. So their their response was that their revolution. They knew a revolution had to take place to address these issues they, that they, that we faced as a people. You know what I'm saying? Poverty, neglect, poor health, and all and, and all of those things. What the government did, they recognized. So that's why I say, in some right. ways, the Panther did achieve a victory. When you look at communalism, our government responsibility for people, they shook the government so much the government instituted free breakfast and began the WIC program. So that right. in itself right. is a it is a 
Huh? Say it again, Makita. Oh, no, I was just agreeing with you. I said right. Yeah. So that in itself is a, is a yeah, I'm not saying it's to, we won the what, battle or the war, one of those. I'm saying when you look at it, to have government acquiesce to say, okay, yeah, we better start attending to the people's nutritional needs and their lack of assistance. Um, but, you know, in that, we lost the political education apparatus. With the breakfast, the Panthers were also also politically educating us to self-determinist ideas and resistance philosophy and ideology. Right. Um, when we lost that, right. we lost that vehicle to teach the babies and to bring the families together. But the government did recognize and begin to feed the people. So I said all of that to say this. In this time, I think the inspiration and the motivation isn't as clear. Some people would argue, well, man, them killing black people and this and all around the world. Yeah. And we're reacting just that, in, in, in reacting as a people that are tired of oppression. But we're not reacting as a people who want self-determination. And there's a very big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, we're acting as a people that's trying to get our ass whooped. We're sick of that. That got to stop. I, By any means, it has to stop. But then after that, in conjunction with those of us that want self-determination, those of us that are revolutionary because we say the current system has excluded me, the current system has made me an enemy, not that I asked to be an enemy of the system, not that I, in the beginning, I had any personal problem. I was just born into this, and through life, happenstances and things, I began to develop a personal dislike for the system and those people that uphold the power. You know what I'm saying? But just in basic survival instincts, I know the only solution for black people that have been marginalized and criminalized and brutalized and every other eyes in the dictionary is, um, I don't know which one will replace it, but I know the one now is not advantageous for black people. So, and let me sit down the call and say, man, this let's talk about it. And we mean just that. If you want to jump in this conversation at any time, press one. Am I right, Makita? Absolutely. Press Absolutely. one and we can get press you on and, and talk about it. Hey, true. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about defining this thing. What do you guys out there think that revolution, do you think that we're setting on a course of revolution? I mean, Honestly, real. let's be real about this thing because we're in this age of social media and re- reality television, and it's hard to distinguish between real life and what's – I mean, even in – you'll hear it. I, I, I never forget when the um, trade centers, you know, the, the Twin Towers, when they came mm. out and they interviewed this brother. hollered out, and I, and I feel him, though. He said it was like something on a movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I absolutely. Was. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So and the line has been blurred. You know, it's been blurred in all directions. You have social media blurring, blurring the line. You have this whole narrative of you know fake news blurring the line. You have um, television and reality shows blurring the line. And the fact of the matter is, like I and I always say it, that entertainment carries an agenda. I don't care what it is. You know. Whatever it is, the news blurs the line. You know what I'm saying? And it, it will cause you to think oh, yeah. in such a way oh, yeah. that you can't be sure. 
of what's going on. You can't be, but, you know, when you think about defining your direction, if you have defined your direction and if you are organized, it don't matter what's going on out there. What matters is your agenda, your agenda, and what you're trying to accomplish and how you planned it out. Right? You know, you may have to tweak it here and there, but nah, we shouldn't be just moving according to what we see going on around us, just what's going on around us. And especially when it's so fallible, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. But that, yeah. Well, uh, that's what we're here for. You know what I'm saying? To start to begin to answer answer some of these questions, to de- to defy for ourselves what is in the best interest of ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And that's and at the end of the day, that's what it's all going to go. That's what it's all going to boil down to. Interesting mm-hmm. conversation about knowledge, you know, and we were talking about getting the information. And all of this, to me, goes into being a revolutionary because I think one of the things that has been confused to me for revolutionaryism or being a revolutionary is the brother or sister that can espouse the most authors. How many books have you read and this and that? Scholarship. And no, I don't not right. scholarship. I think that that's very important. That does not defy the revolutionary. You know, and we've gotten into this age of talking and intellectually masturbating and going back and forth so much that we really either that it's who can quote uh, Brother George Jackson the most or this revolutionary figure the most or who can look the most militant, who can get the biggest group of uh, individuals with guns. And it's just all about (laughs) if it isn't about audio, it's about visual, and it takes away from the real life, from revolution affecting brothers and sisters who are looking for real life changes. I think that that's important to emphasize how serious the need for a revolution is. And one of the things, and when we're talking about defining revolution, what I would easily say is divorcing the romanticism away from the revolution. Mm -hmm. Divorcing the you know the images of you with your bandolier around your, your 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 chest, brothers, out there with your wife beaters on, and you know waving the red, black, and green flag. I think that we have to really look at this thing realistically and begin to set the process. And one of the words I want to throw out there to us is protracted struggle. You Ooh. know, generational. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, saying so this thing has to be generational. This is not. Stop, be, you know, begin to look at hunker down and bunker down and begin to set the process to not only teach our children, but to make it a part of our culture. Revolution resistance must be a part of the culture. Exactly. You know, that, that's good. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to go um, largely into defining it. You know, I, I can't say how many times I hear people saying, you know, well, if they had the answers or if this group had the answers or that group had the answers, then why wouldn't this, why hasn't this been taken care of, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago? And it's like, you don't realize that all of this is a carryover. You know, this is, there's, you have to look at it like a, 
a uh, timeline, a continuous timeline. But we are taught, like we're taught from our books and because of the way we're indoctrinated even um, in the school system, that history is the past. History is only Mm -hmm. the past. If you think like that, Mm -hmm. if you think that history is only in the past, then you're not conscious of making history all the time. And the fact that what's going on right now is going to be your tomorrow's history. Today is going to be your history tomorrow. Wow. So it's a, you know, it's a thing that you have to be conscious of all the time that there's, you know, that there is movement. There's movement in this thing. It's alive. History is alive. It's not something that already happened and it's confined to books. It's not. And if you believe it that way, then you're going to be happy dealing with your life. Well, you're not going to be happy because you, how can you be happy in this? I mean, it's us. <laughs> um, how can you be happy? You know, but you yeah. will be, you will be content in the belief that this is all you can do. All you can do is move within this construct. You don't have the, you know, you don't have the vision. Because I think, you know, part of, part of defining revolution is to have a vision and to be able to see something else aside from what's sitting in your face. You have to be able to do that. And as long as you're just, you know, you're just kind of sitting there with it and, well, this is the history of it. This is, you know, you learn from history, but you can't lean on history to guide your future in such a way that, you know, you just move within the confines that have been set before before you. You can't. You can't. But we, again, we're indoctrinated. Yeah. You said what? I love the part where you said uh, that we, you know, too many of us look to history as just being the past that every day we are making history. Every day day. we are making history. I think, you know what, if everyone would just stop for a moment and pause on that, I I think Mm -hmm. that that would even lend a little more sincerity to the efforts, to the just everyday average efforts that we do. We're building with our families and even outside of that. That's heavy. And and I want to contribute to to that statement about, like you were saying, building on history or just leaning solely on history to design your future. Like I said earlier in the uh, program, history is a necessary building block, a necessary Mm -hmm. building block, but it should only Mm -hmm. build the foundation that enables us to think outside the box. It should, those building blocks should be stepping stones for us to look over the wall. We should still be building in the same playpen, you know, when a child has to eventually grow out of a crib. (laughs) So I agree with you. And too many people have allowed history not to be their building blocks, but their walls, their prison. And they're afraid to think outside the box or to challenge, you know, um, albeit great thinkers, but to challenge those philosophies and ideologies as how it relates to us and it, and 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 how it uh, defies revolution in this time. Listen, we right. got a call. Right. Let's go to the. You want to go to the line for a moment? Absolutely. Go ahead. Oh wait a minute. Yeah, I know this. Let's this call. Is, uh, call. Yeah, let's get this call. In fact, this is director of operations. Let's open up for. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. 
Yeah. Peace. Greetings. Greetings. Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> I, you know, I thought Tuesday was the barbershop, and I'm like, nah, I'm going to let the men folk have their space. But you didn't tell me you were getting deep into this one. This is an awesome topic. Yeah, no. That's, I want to say you, greetings. Yeah, no, you misunderstood. That was, yeah, no, that was an idea for a – that's why I was telling you that's an idea for another show. This is to, oh. less what me and Shaka do. Let's, okay, okay. Then let's talk about it. And now, and Sister Makita, let me not add, let me add and, and make sure I say Sister Makita. Why, thank you. So we do this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what's up? Okay. Greetings, Sister Makita. How are you? I'm I'm well. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. You know, this sounds right on time. The program we did on the three Ds, define, develop, and defend. And... Mm. In order to even know what you're developing, and even in order to even know what you're defending, you have to define what it is. And so we absolutely need to have this conversation today and tomorrow, you know, just continuing to put in place those definitions and also being aware of who is defining it. You know, too many times we have uh, black faces in white places, you know, and so we have to be real aware about who is writing the narrative of the definition that we're following. So um, I think it's an awesome topic. And like I said, I never usually tune in on Tuesday, but I'm glad I did this Tuesday. <laughs> and why don't you keep my mic open? Okay? I am too. I'd love to continue in the conversation. Okay. We're definitely going to leave your mic open, let you contribute, and we're waiting for our brother to come on in and sharing uh, with us there again. You're listening to Let's Talk About awesome. with Shaka Makita and your boy Yanga. Uh, we have a national director that joined us to come on in. We're talking about defining the revolution today and the need for it to be defined. And you can't define, define a revolution without defining a revolutionary. Uh, so what are some of the actions of a revolutionary? I've had that talk, and it has went across the spectrum on both ends. You know, I've had talks where I've heard people say a revolutionary should be everything short of the Pope, or for no offense to my Catholic <laughs> listeners out there, or Jesus or Muhammad or whatever. Are you a revolutionary, brother, and you said a curse word? You know, I've, I've oh, really, honestly, you know, oh, that, he's not a real revolutionary. Look at that brother. He's smoking a cigarette. And you're like, oh, okay. So, you know, and I've had it to where if you are a faith-based, what I like to call ourselves, faith-based revolutionaries, those who believe in the power outside of yourself, if you are, I've had revolutionaries question my real commitment to liberation and freedom. How could I be up under this and follow that? And really be committed to black struggles. Mm. So we have to be in this day and time with um, the information age and our opportunity to have learned. Some of us have traveled abroad. Some of our parents have traveled and come back with information that, you know, previously wasn't had to us. And our lives have been affected with it. I was born a Muslim, grew up a Muslim. I don't look at Islam as an Arab religion at all. I know people say, how can you not? I get that mainly from converts. I know how you can, but, because it was my father waking me up in the morning praying, not be a dance set to my phone. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it, so I attach it to ancestry. Same I say with Christians and other people of faith, black Africans here in America, are we saying that they can't be revolutionary? 
Are we saying that they don't have a thirst and a desire for freedom, libera- liberation, better living conditions? Does their going to church or a mosque or a synagogue uh, keep them safe from harm, keep them from racism and discrimination, keep their children safe? I would say not. I would absolutely not. not. In fact, the proof of the pudding is the young brother that was just shot in his back seven times. If you want to talk about discrimination is not uh, a terror of your religious preference, his father opened up with an Islamic prayer. They just say, oh, oh, you Muslim? Your dad went, no, I better not shoot this one. You know, know, racism, hatred, oppression towards black people in America is not your race. I mean, um, your religion, your sexual orientation. Your gender inferiority or superiority is not going to save you from the treatment that white America has for us. And the only thing, in in my opinion, that will save us is revolutionary black nationalism. First waking up and realizing that we're a people. And it's simple to realize you're a people. How you gang up, man? Come on, we'll never get together. It starts with attitude. Just one day, just wake up, look in the mirror, and say, hey, I belong to a very beautiful, wonderful race of people that must work collectively. And when I step out of my door, I don't have to start out giving a black man a dime I can, or a woman a dime. I can start out with giving them a smile and positive thoughts. Energy, I like to call it, but thoughts are good words. What's happening, brother? Black man. King. Queen. African. You know, just let's start the ball rotating. And if it doesn't do anything, if it doesn't affect anyone outside of us, maybe some of these words we use will begin to awaken that which is in us. Mm -hmm. And as a man thinketh, so is he. And when you think black and you behave black and you love black, your actions will reflect that. You won't want to harm any because you don't harm what you love, God willing. What are you guys thinking? I mean, you know, the fire revolution. You know, on on – on that that you were saying, you know, you know, so a man thinking, um, is one of the reasons why, as I'm, I'm a part of the Uhuru movement, and we open, you know, we greet each other with Uhuru, which means freedom. And the whole idea is that our mind should be on freedom all the time as we greet each other, you know. So it's kind of a segue. When people hear you say Uhuru, it's like, What's that? You know, and you get a chance to even mm-hmm. make them understand why you greet them that way. And then, you, you know, you catch them, you know, it might not, it might not be an immediate response or an, an immediate uh, catch, but as you see those people, if you see those people in, in the community, in the neighborhood, because we have an area in, on the north side of St. Louis that is, you know, they're very familiar with us. And very familiar with the work that we're doing in the community. So a lot of them, when they walk up on us, they understand what it is when we, you know, when we say, oh, when we, when we greet them with that. And they understand, you know, that this, this whole idea is about us being free. Everything that we're doing is about us being free. So, you know, and hopefully that infuses into, like you said, them doing you know, and then moving in a certain kind of way. Um, you see the work right. being done around well, you street, around self-determination. 
Well, so listen, what? I don't want to because I want you to get in here, but you have my ear. Why don't you take the opportunity? Because here's the, you know what, and this is the perfect opportunity. We're talking about unity of all people. We're talking about exchange of information. There's a lot of people that don't know what uh, Yuhuru is, what language it is, what it means, why it's used. You know, here's an opportunity to to take some moments and let's share. So when they do run across our brothers and sisters, that's Uhuru. You know, they won't, you know what I'm saying? You know, okay, yeah. Right, they, they won't frown so, up and look yeah. at you funny like, what, what are you yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, uh, what is that, man? Hold on, man. Don't know who ruled me, brother. Right. I ain't got a who ruled. Right. I just went and got my physical. <laughs> well, Uhuru is a Swahili word, and it means freedom. And uh, the word was used or popularized by <clears throat> the Mau Mau freedom fighters um, that were, you know, battling against the British. And they would, ride, they would, you know, run through the countryside hollering Uhuru. And this was, you know, them wanting to take this. This was, you know, their battle cry of them taking their their lives back, taking their freedom back running these colonizers out. And when the colonizers heard that, like, it struck fear in their hearts, you know, because they knew it was coming. They knew death was coming. You hear these these people running around hollering a huru, and the people are responding to this. So, um, and it's, it's, like I said, it's something that we use in our greetings (laughs) because as we greet each other, our minds should be on freedom. As we part each other, you know, as we as we leave the room or leave the area where somebody else is, their minds and their hearts and their you know their recollection should be on everything you do, eat, sleep, you know, uh, dream, freedom. You know, there was a time when I would just be like, man, literally, <clears throat> stuff in the movement. Um, issues inside the movement or work that I was, particular work that I was doing, even now, like trying to work on this um, this homeschool collective right now is a work of constant thought, of freedom. It's, you know, it's self-determination. It's, <clears throat> it was, um, it came out of, you know, this whole thing with the COVID-19 and all this stuff here. And the options for the children to do remote schooling were not being put on the table. It was like, yeah, we're not doing that. You know, we need these kids back in class. And there are people who are actually considering sending their children back in class. Now, I don't have any kids in school anymore. My son graduated this past May. But I always say this, and I, for, for lack of a better, lack of a better phrase, well, you know, I got a horse in the race, though. I got a horse in the race. I can't let you do that. As long as I'm able to do something, I can't let you do that. I can't, you know, you can't send our kids into, and these are our children. This is our future. This is our collective future. This is not just, you know, these are your kids, so you're going to, like, let me let you know that you have an option. Let me let you know that you have an option, and I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to jump in this thing and put myself in the middle so that you never have to say that, well, my son or my daughter, because they had to go to school or because I had to go to work and I didn't have anybody to, you know, look over them or or 
watch them or this, that, or the other. My son and my daughter died, got sick. You know what I'm saying? We have to we have to take control of what's going on and really do it in such a way that, you know, nothing you know, nothing look, if it don't if it does not bend to our agenda, it don't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. So we have to be able to say, you know, that whatever we do, we're moving in freedom and to attain freedom and to not be you know, to not just move through life as colonial subjects. You know, we just accept whatever the hell somebody is is sitting on our head. We make something happen. We don't just wait for stuff to happen. We make stuff happen. We make things that are positive that are going to help lend to the strength of our future. So Uhuru is that, you know, is that expression of us getting free. You know, that's like walking up to somebody every day and saying, let's get free. <laughs> let's get free. Every time you see them, let's get free. You know, so that's how I feel about that whole idea. And that's what, you know, that's what the greeting of Uhuru is inside of uh, the Uhuru movement. And thanks for, that's you know, stuff. even bringing that, bringing that up. Because I think I'm going to miss that no, opportunity to even say something about it. Yeah, man, we, uh, you know, we, one of the things we, we, we snooze on opportunities to learn information, to find out things, to bring us together. I think it's a lot of times ego, if you ask me, we'll sit with people and you will say a horror a hundred times a night and everybody in that room, nobody in that mm-hmm. room will know what the hell you just said, but everybody just <laughs> nod their head and some even repeat it. That's right. A horror, all of that good stuff, you know? Um, so it is about the information. But you, I like what you were talking about, especially when we went into talking about the COVID. And, and to me, that's what I say. When we talk about revolution, a lot of these are just words. Revolution, to me, is synonymous with self-determination. It is synonymous mm-hmm. with a lot of things, but mainly that is self-determination. Revolution is just a vehicle. The end goal is the destination or the effort is for self-determination to be the vehicle. You know, I don't want revolution to always be the vehicle. I don't want to be a constant fight. And that's why I say we have to define revolution the revolution. Sometimes, you know, this fighting image makes it it loses its appeal. You know, I'm dealing with young people. We have young people that are going to school, that are really going to live prosperous, successful lives. They're going to make something out of themselves. And the first thing we do, you know, a lot of these brothers and sisters that jump in here and we talk about, Black empowerment is if you ain't ready to die, you ain't ready to die, you ready to die. No, you know, is this right? Re- so it's this type of but revolution has to be the promise of a better life. You know, it wasn't right. I, when I think about my ancestors. I don't think about them sitting somewhere in the most horrible conditions known in human history thinking about dying. I think about them fighting for life. I think about them thinking about survival and the race and we got to do this to live. You can make it, baby. Keep going, you know, and nobody, but you ready to die. You ready to, you know. Uh, So (laughs) revolution to me is about life. You know what I'm saying? And eventually I want that vehicle of revolution to become a vehicle of self-determination. You about to say something, something? Yeah, yeah. You know, when you talk about the ancestors, I'm like, oh, my goodness, yes. 
everything that they did, they did in a revolutionary way. And we have to give mm-hmm. them respect for that as we are going through our life and as we're trying to make the next step. I wanted to thank you right. for for uh, opening up my mic and everything. I'm going to leave you as I greet you all power to the people. And um, thanks for letting me tune into the barbershop for a little bit. Hey, let's talk about it. Absolutely. That's all right, that's peace. That's the, yeah, the show. But thank you. Thanks, Seven. And anytime, you already know all you got to do is hit the button, automatic, tip flop. You're there. I appreciate you <laughs> calling in. Absolutely. Um, thanks. So, yeah, that's what's up. But absolutely. We have to, you know, that's the whole thing. I think that it's, you know, to me, Makita, how it's being presented. You know, how we present revolution, how we, uh, how we present revolution, how we enact it, how we live it. I wonder if sometimes mm-hmm. we really want to scare people from it. If we really don't secretly deep down, maybe we're afraid ourselves secretly. I don't know. I'm just throwing some things out here. Maybe we're you afraid know, of ourselves what secretly. I, what I say, yeah. what I see a lot of times is, like, I get, I get the whole, you ain't ready to die, you know. Like, I get that. But, again, like our chairman always tells us, you know, you got to be winning in whatever you do. You have to be winning, and you have to be, you know, you have to be aware that everybody is, like, this, this, there's layers to this in such a way mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody is not going to be a, everybody's not going to be a fighter. Everybody's going to be no gun toting on the line, you know, like, right. that's not the, like, you don't even have a plane. So how about, <laughs> how about get in your lane, you know, ride your lane. Do what you do toward revolution, because there should there's always a to what end, and there should always be a to what end in whatever you're doing with regard to revolution. You know, so there are going to be some people who are going to teach the baby. There are going to be some people who are going to, you know, show teach the people skills. There are going to be people who are going to provide uh, political education because we're so far removed from even how to look at our own, you know, our own situation because we've, we've been digesting the uh, colonizers' narrative of whatever it is that we go through. So we don't, you know, we don't even know how to relate to ourselves, let alone, you know, understanding what it looks like to be revolutionary. So mm-hmm. I get that people, what folks don't want to have, what folks don't want to happen. Because I was having this conversation with a friend earlier and he was saying um, his point was that, well, I feel like, you know, people, people want war. My whole purpose of saying, you know, like, I, my whole purpose of saying I want one to was that I want him to understand that that's the only thing that is going to, that's the only way they're going to let us go. That's the only way they're going to let us go. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going mm-hmm. to be reduced to that. But the fact of the matter is, before we even get to that point, we have to be working in other areas. We have to be doing other stuff. We have to be implementing and trying to build certain 
certain infrastructures inside the, you know, inside the revolution that, that ain't even happened yet. That's the only way to maintain. I right. agree. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. I, I'm just right, saying, right. I, I think you're saying some wonderful stuff. But um, that's the only right. way. So, Go ahead, sister. Please, you drop it. I'm tell, I was telling him, you know, like, for real, it's not that a revolutionary doesn't have a certain amount of fear that's associated with, you know, the fact that I know there's going to be loss of life on both sides, on all sides of it. I know that my life might be lost. Well, once I'm dead, I ain't going to give a damn. But, but to lose people that you love. That's a reality, and there's fear attached to that. There's anguish attached to that. Yeah. But my love exactly. of being free has got to be paramount to my fear of fighting because they're not going to let you go until you fight. you got you got to stand exactly. up for yourself. This bully is not going to get up off your ass because you go in your closet and pray. It's not. Mm-hmm. It won't happen. It, it we didn't pray our way into this. As the chairman always said, we didn't pray our way into this. We didn't vote our way into this. We didn't, you know, none of that shit. So, mm-hmm. look, we, look. <laughs> it's, 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 it's real. It's real. But, I, 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 however, in conjunction with what you're saying, I like for our people to know how to fight. Like, I asked my father once. I'll never forget. I said, what is a revolutionary? And he said a revolutionary mm-hmm. is a teacher, a farmer, a construction worker, mm-hmm. and whatever that Absolutely. will pick up the gun. You see, it doesn't mm-hmm. it in the fight doesn't our fight isn't exclusively that. Even when the fight leads to physical confrontation, violence, which I believe is inevitable, you know, from the way from the course the way things are going, you still have to have when we study wars. The people that aren't the participants, right. aren't combatants in war, their morale has to be kept. You have to have propagandists. You have to have teachers. You have to have supply lines. Right. Supply lines. You have to have people growing the food to feed mm-hmm. the soldiers. When they say war, they think every black person is supposed to pick up a gun and start shooting. Who feeds us? Right. Who, who watches <laughs> the babies? Who is Play the nurse? Who maintains the shelter? <laughs> right. Where's the finances coming? Who finances and funds us? I mean, we have to be – that's how I know we're not looking at revolution realistically. Revolution begins with resistance. It begins with the pockets. It begins with, like what's happening now, being fed up with the conditions and being wanting to change right. it. And groups of people begin to say, we're going to organize, we're going to get together, begin to study ways to change it. And then while we're not opposed to any means to obtain our liberation, mm-hmm. but we're going to obtain that realistically. You know, we get these brothers and sisters right. out here marching, and I think a show of force sometimes is good, it, especially if you're saying this is a deterrent. This is what right. you will have to face if you keep killing us. But when you're going right. and you're really just a puppet show, when they look in between the lines and in the meantime type of thing, yeah. you know, and they realize yeah. you're all registered, you're all this and that, it's not really a threat, nor is it even – uh, a concern for them of it being a revolution at the time. Their concern at that time is one of you niggas gonna snap and start shooting. They're scared about a couple right. of black men snapping, not about a mass movement. Because when we do that, along with the physical fighting, comes economic boycotts. It comes us being in place to 
We got we have institutions in place to um, shelter us, not just physically, but also spiritually, socially, food, financially, all of that. Through financially, through the war, and I don't think when we say war, we really look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that that's important. That is super important to really um, just recognize, to be very real about our situation and position. And like you said, knowing that we didn't pray, we didn't vote our way into this, is going to take a fight. But that fight is going to start right. really recognizing the colonized behavior that you exhibit. The fight starts in you, just being conscious of what the hell you're doing. As a black person, like yo, right. where you're spending, it may take a little. What If you can't, right? If you don't pick up the gun, if that ain't your thing, you know, to pick up no gun or something, then we're saying, uh, you know, be the ones that study. Let us know who supports certain politicians and all this other crazy stuff, right. so that we don't spend our money there. You know, some some of these companies are big supporters to Trump's campaign if you're anti-Trump. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some of these companies are big supporters to his campaign. So are you buying your product from these people? Just Right. Are you, are you supporting the campaign vicariously? <laughs> exactly. Once we yeah. become aware and conscious, to me that is conscious, not how much of the uh, Newton Seta, what do they call it? I forgot, the Sada Nuta whatever, or how much of the more <laughs> science, how much of the Quran, about, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm not talking about that right, right now. I'm talking about, are you really, that? to me, that's what's been paraded as consciousness and revolution. Are you conscious where you're spending your damn dollar? You quote all this Egyptian stuff and go in here and spend with somebody that, like you said, contributes <laughs> billions to Trump? Stanley, and they right. don't care nothing about that little Egyptian gear or your Moorish fez or your kufi or whatever you wear in their business to patronize, patronize them. Right. You know? So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that self-determination right. piece is real. And I think once we begin to really see that we're not going to die, you know what I'm saying, that, yo, we can't make it on our own, even we would right. even become more fed up. See, a lot of this tolerance is what I call that battered wife syndrome. We're like battered women. We make mm-hmm. excuses for the big people. He was just mad. The white man was just mad. If I did this, the white man wouldn't beat me. White man going to get battered. Man. I, you, know what, <laughs> you know the battered wife syndrome. You need to leave. Where's mm-hmm. where I going to go? He going to find me. I can't live without him. He can't live without me. He just do this sometimes. A battered wife syndrome. So we don't even, you know, but I think once we, you know, it's like that Tina Turner movie. We was watching What's Love Have to Do With the other day. And I just terrorized uh-huh. this woman, you know. And when she became an adult right. and immune to the bull stuff, and this, he hit her one too many times in that limo. She was like, no, nah, because okay. I'm going to get my ass whooped anyway. You know what I'm saying? You're going to hit me <laughs> exactly. anyway. But today, guess what? Mm-hmm. And it shook that relationship change. That was the beginning of the end for him. Right. You know, and right. that's how we had to be. We're going to get hit anyway. Guess what? And then they were like, oh, shit, I limped out of that limo, ear bleeding, looking stupid. <laughs> you know? And he still tried his little bully tactics, even to the very end. Came with the pistol. And she just was amused. She had matured 
She had went through right. all this brutal. Don't do what you don't do. Right. You see the black man and the black woman here in America. What are you gonna do, Mister White, Mister Capitalist Imperialist White Man, White Supremacist? What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. What? Right. What more can you take from me as a people? You know, and right. like you said, that fear that get rid of that individual individual fear. They still do the Willie Lynch, whether that letter is real or not. They take one of us and just brutal. Look at Brother Imam Jamil Abdulalamin. This man can't even find religion in his later years. They still tried him for being right. a rebel. Not for being a rebel. They, under the pretenses of some other stuff, but we know that they tried H. Trap Brown. That's all they said. Uh, Jamil Alameen, formerly known as, formerly known as, right. or H. Rap Brown, now known as, you see, so right. you never escape being black, and if you're participating in any revolutionary struggle, you never escape that. So, never. You, you ain't a life. Better get real Crazy part is, is you're in for life regardless, though. I mean, that's what yeah. I was telling my friend earlier, that, like, regard, like, my life as a slave don't mean much as shit to me. Like, for real, it doesn't, it doesn't carry the weight of what I perceive to be freedom, you know, my vision of freedom. Um. I see white folks smiling for no apparent reason. You know what I'm saying? I can't think of a reason to smile sometimes when they're smiling. I remember going into court, and all the white folks in there were smiling. And I'm like, why y'all so chipper? You know what I'm saying? This ain't a place of... But even even when they show up as defendants, you know, they know that the, 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 the... the odds are not stacked against them, like, you know, yeah. in, in the same manner that they are me, you know, and maybe they don't know that, but they don't feel the kind of, they don't feel the kind of pressure I feel in that space. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I walk in and I'm, you know, I'm not cowering, but I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not easy with this process because I feel like it's it's still, you know, it's just another expression of colonial dominance over us. So I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm not in that in that place and I was telling my friend that, you know, my life as a slave don't mean much to me. My life getting to freedom means more. My life yeah. means something to me. But my life getting to like it's it's the perspective of where I am and where I'm going. Where I where I envision myself, you know, it's not that I, you know, I'm gonna go run off a cliff or something, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I would rather engage myself in acts of getting free than just sitting in this oppression. And we wonder yeah. why we depressed. You know what I'm saying? These folks think they depressed. Right. I don't believe. I don't believe a whole lot of us are actually clinically depressed in in such a way. I believe that we are, you know, to some degree genetically depressed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this stuff has carried over. We've seen our yeah. parents in this place. We've seen our grandparents in this place. I don't want that. Yeah. That, ain't, that ain't living. That's, right. That's not life. If I can't see my life outside of that, I don't want none of it. And that's just what it is. 
fortunately, I can see my life outside of that. I can see us in another place. And because of that, I fight. <laughs> I fight the way I fight, but I fight, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you can see that better place. Exactly. And that's just, you know, and that's that's just what it boils down to. But that's what it that's what it that's what it takes. It takes to be inspired. Mm-hmm. It takes to have a vision. It takes to be motivated. And if that isn't clearly and that's my whole thing with how revolution, how us struggling, fighting for going about obtaining our liberation is just placed out there to the people. It has to be what you said, inspiring. It has to create a vision. You know, I it, mm-hmm. it to me it just stops all the time with the fight. You know, with the with the with the strive and not the uh thrive. With the survival and not the mm-hmm. survival. That type of thing. What's the what's mm-hmm. the end game? Where you know, I'm fighting for something here. I don't want to fight just for the sake of fighting. And I think that when people say that or try to express that, uh, you know, the brothers and sisters who have taken the forefront in the so-called revolution or have become spokespeople for it, self-proclaimed, if you ask me, spokespeople for the revolution begin to uh, disparage or or, or a downtalk. People who say, you know what, mm-hmm. that's just not my lane of the struggle. And it's the all we right. I don't see us really practicing an all inclusiveness, something that like I said before, inspires and motivates us, encourages us to participate in our own liberation struggle. You know and what I, I think there's there's definitely a lane for that too. Like, you know, like <clears throat> charging people so that they you know, I I feel like it's it's um as necessary as political education that we don't get enough of. You know what I'm saying? As a people, we don't even know what political education is because a lot of a lot of times we associate it with, you know, politics in such a way that we're talking about people who are getting voted in office. You know, this is what people think about when, when you talk about political education. But I think that um revolutionary motivation, there is a there is definitely a place for that, you know, mm. that, that goes hand in hand with political education, you know, and mm-hmm. if you can make people see why, you know, one of the things that I do, and, and I think all of us do when we, when we have, when we speak inside, uh, inside the movement, we're asked to speak on, you know, any different, any different topic or whatever, we introduce ourselves, you know what I'm saying? And we also, speak to why and how we ended up in this, you know, in this space. In this space mm-hmm. right here, how did, what was my induction into this space right here? And, you know, and we, we also talk about um, the, we talk about the, you know, the, the specific incident, but also we talk about why we engage the way we engage, you know, I, mm-hmm. I engage the way I engage because I want my children to have, I want my, you know, I want my grandson to have a life that mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about being a, being an African 
and and having brought forth life, you understand one thing without without it ever being spoken. You understand, as a, especially as a woman, without it ever being spoken, that your womb is essentially a slave factory. That's some shit yeah. I have to deal with. Because mm-hmm. society will do with slaves what they want to. You know, so you know that, that you know, making it here ain't necessarily the issue. But sustaining this black life that comes from me is, is a struggle from day one. It's mm-hmm. a struggle from day one. So I want my, my grandchildren to have a life that's not just disregarded. I want to be able to love, you know, and express myself in a way that's that's healthy and you know reciprocal and something that's that's you know sacred and not just yep. looked at as something to do to escape a you know to escape the reality of whatever because I feel like a lot of times we're in in relationships even you know as a part of escapism you know we're we're yes. escaping. Yes the harshness of, of life. I don't want that to be my reason for being in a relationship because I'm trying to get away or I just want to, you know, I want somewhere to lay this burden down for a few minutes. And, you know, like I really want to feel connection and I want to feel safe in that connection. Yeah. So, yeah. When you know you think of all the reasons you you do the things you do to what end becomes like you know we have to get free so that we can experience all of these facets of life that you know that could be that could possibly be for us and yeah. Yeah. to be able to express that and to be able to really you know drive it home to the masses you know to groups of people one of the things I've I've long questioned is like how do you get people in to um, to experience and to actually sit through political education in in groups where they can you know they can get it and they can ask questions? You know how do you make it interesting enough that people can get it and they can ask questions? Like it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things that just makes me go man because we need it so much we need it so necessary. I- it's so necessary. To be honest, I think, you know, one of my opinions on that, and that's a great question. That is a great question. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I get that a lot, too. You know, well, where do you start, man? Because there's so many places to start at. But, you know, and that can be confusing. And at the same time, it can be great because that means there are that many opportunities to address black people. One of the things that I would advise mm-hmm. is not to tackle everything. You know, you find something, I I would advise people to find what they're most passionate about. You know, if it's sports mm-hmm. and, you know, um, you're very passionate about sports and you want to address, then a, a tackle the black struggle from that. Maybe get a little league team together. Get some black, you know, teach basketball. Find a place that will, you know, start to get with people that can program. If you're part of my program or a progressive organization, talk to them and say, hey, you know what? My specialty is sports. I would like to start a sports program for the young people. How do I go about doing that? Some, someone in that organization, preferably, I hope, specialty is organizing. You know, and so you use that expertise. Right. So it, it's really just about starting where you're at. 
a lot of times right. we are so frustrated and overwhelmed <clears throat> with so much going on, we want to address everything. The police brutality, the inadequacies of uh, education, the criminal justice system, uh, poor health. It's just because everything <laughs> affects us, you know. Right. You know what I'm saying? But what we do, and this is why I advise people to join organizations that address all those issues, and maybe that organization will put mm-hmm. you in a committee, tackle one of those right. that speaks to your specialty, but you'll still belong to an organization that addresses everything. But you yourself, all of it, right. it will make you feel crazy. You know? It it will, really and this is why it's overwhelming. Yeah. It, it's overwhelming. But this is why what you were saying about um, just making it motivational and inspirational and one of the ways to get it, and I say too, is to get people interested, is to make it about the day-to-day life. They were asking, how mm-hmm. I do political education when talking is, I believe, political education or revolutionary politics like Fred Hamp Sr., deputy chairman of the Chicago, Illinois Black Panther Party, original Black Panther Party, said, uh, politics is everything and everything is politics. I talk mm-hmm. about the politics of life. The politics of baby mama drama, the politics of going, we have young men going to court by themselves with inadequate or no representation, facing everything from Mm -hmm. child support, traffic tickets to major cases. You know, we're talking about the criminal justice system here. So just the everyday dramas, basic legal first aid, talk about the politics that that affects them directly. And then we stare stuff into bigger, bigger things. They can see how uh, national politics begins to affect them because it's not as direct as the loitering law or the truancy law or this law or that law that is local that is there to criminalize them, you know. And so just giving them little ways to avoid pit pit falls and snares and, um, you know, Assisting people with, I tell, I advise members of my party, if you don't have a functioning, I'm not going to say a functioning party, but if you don't have a party in your city that is banging like that, then at least know the programs that that city offers and be a a referral source. If someone comes and needs help, you can refer them. And before referring them, you can school them. Yo, this is how it is, you know, system, whoop, the whoop taking every opportunity and advantage of informing, enlightening, and prayerfully encouraging our people to participate in their own struggle. That's what it's about to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about, yo, you got to participate in your own struggle. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the phone lines real quick. Okay. Look you. 901-5617, your mic is open. How you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. How about you? This, this Hassan. Oh. What's going on, brother Hassan? I'm doing all right, doing all right. Just trying to uh, enlighten my mind on uh, revolutionary. And, uh, I'm trying to focus on on it real fast, but I can't just get a... Like, I want to talk that back in my day, so I want somebody to okay. just enlighten me a little bit. Because when, I, when I, I'm at work, I preach to the brothers up there that what we need to do is is is, is uh is all about unity and, and and start talking about unity and revolutionary because that's what we about. And so they say, right. enlighten me, then, brother. So I need I need somebody to give me some knowledge, a little bit of, of uh 
uh, revolutionary, so I can just focus on this, man. And I, I really appreciate y'all, brother, for oh. just speaking on revolutionary, because I really like thinking all the everything I like thinking my brain and just getting the knowledge that I got with the other brothers. Right on. Okay, man, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, if Makita doesn't mind, I'll start. That's cool. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Man, that's a good question, man. Basically, what we're saying is this, and we and we're talking about we have to understand the meaning of revolution in this day and of a revolutionary, the meaning of a revolutionary as it fits us as black people. And we're saying this, a revolutionary is this, simply one who knows that the system they live under is not just for the people. That's what a revolutionary is. And they they like, we got to change that system. That system got to change. It is not right for the people. That's what a revolutionary is. They are one who believe that's white, black, Chinese, anybody. They don't believe in oppression. They don't believe that a few people should control all the resources, control what people do, dictate what they eat, how they're going to act, you know what I'm saying, project. They they got, man, they think they fortune tellers, Brother Hassan. They get they already building prisons on what they think little kids are going to do in the future. So this is what we're talking mm-hmm. about, revolutionary saying this whole system of bull stuff has to stop. White, black, anything. That's a revolutionary. Now, a revolutionary black nationalist, right? A revolutionary black nationalist is a person who says the same thing. We don't believe in oppression for nobody, any people. It's wrong for any people. Oppression is wrong. But we're saying we're black, so it's impossible for us to scream that oppression is wrong for every people and not first address what people are doing to us, what's being done to us here in America. Like, we don't support oppression. No, we don't want to oppress no damn body. Revolutionary don't want to get the white man to kneel and lick his boot and to do all of that old <laughs> foolishness. We don't want any of that. We're, oppression is wrong for everybody, but we're saying we're black, and we're saying that you're oppressing us because we are people of color, and we don't just find that... And we know it's that because we don't just find it here in America. We find it in our place of origin, Africa. We find it in the Caribbean. We find anywhere people have melanin in their skin, you devils have exploited and oppressed us. So that's what yeah, it's about. Yeah. So those, we're people who believe in that. Then the second phase is what do we do about it? The revolutionary is one that says not only do I believe that, but I am willing and I, I believe it, that something must be done, and I am willing to do something about it. Did that kind of explain a little bit? Yeah, hey, I, I explained it to him just a little different, but it, you hit it right on the nose when I told him what, what, what revolutionary was, what I think it was, and, and you hit it right on the nose because it's a dip, like I told him, it's different. It ain't just all black. It's not all about colors or nothing. It's a difference. And you hit it right on know when you told me that. And I, I appreciate that right there. And, and go to the hey, sister man, right bro. here. I would listen to a, 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 a one of the sisters, one of, one of the sisters today on the radio station. Her name was uh, Sister Lee. And she was speaking about the women. They get paid lesser because of their black skin. You know what I'm saying? Like the white man can get paid more, but he got the same degree as a black woman. And, and I feel like the same way she feels. They should get paid just as well as they get paid. But we, we, but as a black whole community, 
they we are fifty billion dollars a year in the hole because they can pay more than us. <clears throat> can I just go ahead and speak to that? Um, I look, I agree. We we deserve what our worth is. You know, whatever that worth happens to be at its highest value. You know, at, at whatever if we worked. If we work right alongside, you know, a white a white counterpart, I guess that's what I want to call it. <laughs> but if we work right alongside them and done the same amount of work, we you know, and and produce the same and some and plenty of times, it's a better quality of work, you know, because we have to work that much harder. Um, we definitely deserve exactly what we you know, what we've earned, but we find that it's not just what I, what I hesitate to do um, in any situation where we're talking about uh, black men and women and white men and women. I always want to make it understood that we are all, that, that we are both, that we are both dealing with the same oppressor, you know what I'm saying? And they oppress us in the same manner, you know? So if I'm making less, my brother's making less too, you know? And at that point, from a revolutionary standpoint, it's, you know, I I think it's my position because I'm I'm more a a problem solver and and I have a vision that if we've built their world for them, we can build ours for us, and we can, you know, and we can create that worth and that what that 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 um, stature that goes along with what it is that we are. Wait a minute, I think. Can y'all still hear me? Yeah, I can. You know, I went out for a minute. Okay. Okay. Um, but I. I believe that, you know, it becomes, it's, it's on us also to figure out how to build what we need for ourselves so that we get, we get what we're worth. You know what I'm saying? And we can actually build something that supports that. And we don't have to worry about that competition. I often think about, because um, I used to do, <clears throat> I used to do voiceover work. And... I would listen to a lot of the uh, a lot of the voices and watch the you know watch the amount of competition that was present on the different boards and how you know how we have so much giving up and code switching you know for ourselves. Because we're trying to compete with all these white folks that are saturated, you know that, you know, and are and are accustomed to being represented out here. Like we we sterilize our voices, we you know everything. Um, but they still can come out on top of that situation. I look at now that we're having this this collective uh, awakening, this collective consciousness, and this move toward um, buying black and having, you know, having uh, a, a certain presence of black businesses 
and on all fronts, online, you know, uh, storefronts, whatever. You know what I'm saying? We have a, a presence of black business. Why are we not utilizing or building on, you know, feeding our 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 industries in such a way that we represent ourselves even in those industries, you know? So if you if you have a black product, why isn't there a black voice that is representing that product? You know, you're still running to, to um, if you're still running to a, a very general kind of platform, and it can be anybody's voice that's representing your product, it's like, yeah, well, it's, our, it's up to us to start make, making these lanes or producing these lanes so that we don't have to worry about that competition where, you know, black folks are being paid less than, you know what I'm saying, than white folks. We don't have to deal with that. We just, you know, we go. We create that for ourselves. I got, I got one more question. I ain't trying to cut you off. So, is, it, is, is Brother Shock on the line? No, he's not on the line tonight. Okay, well, I got, here, here, here for y'all then right here. This is for y'all. What can we do? Because if we on, a, we on the right page, and we telling people, spreading the word, about what, what can we do to get the attention of the young, this young generation that's mine already gone? Because if, if my, I, 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 yeah, my because, go ahead. You you can talk. No, go ahead, brother. No, let me finish. Let me let me. Oh, because 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 I'm asking that because I have seen and I have talked to so many young brothers out here, and they they are willing to follow me. But how can I leave somebody knowing that I got the protection from the other people? That's ready to break down what I got finna start going because I got a I got my own nonprofit organization called Black Unity and I'm and I got people that's ready to march with me through these neighborhoods. But how can I do that, not knowing that I don't have the protection to walk through these through these communities without any distraction? No, it's gonna be distractions, but any police force doing that to me or saying that to us because it's, it's getting battled down here in Memphis because they just they, they just physically. Uh, uh, shot a, shot a, shot a, shot a, uh, handcuffed man on the ground, shot him with a taser, mm. shot him with a taser, taser, he got suspended for 10 days. The, the, the suspension ain't nothing. So that's what I'm asking. What can we do and how can we do it? Uh, to, what can you do what? To reach the young people? Yes, to reach the young people. Man, that's a, you know, that's a good question. I, I work with a lot of, you know, I work with gang here. And I always tell people, man, that's something that if you haven't started it already, that you're going to have to start, and it's a process. You know, and I wouldn't even advise trying to start with a lot of group of young people because they don't hear you when they're in the group. You identify one or two in each little group or whatever, and you take one or two under your wing. You have to be more of a mentor than a leader to young people. You you have to find that one or two that are influential, you know, um, you may have to win the group's trust to get the one or two. You may have to put on an activity, basketball, poetry. When I was in Cleveland, we had a party. We did, you know, open mic night on Thursdays. So all the young people my- that open mic night, you know. So we would do things yeah. like that, and it was a process. They first had to see that we were sincere and we cared. 
You know, my mother used to say, mm-hmm. don't nobody care how much you know till they know how much you care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, yeah, have to work with, you have to work with young like people. Work. They got to know. Yeah, yeah, that is that work, man. You got to hey, put in that work. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a child because I'm like, I'm like actually like eight years into going on eight nine years into into the game. I got my own basketball team, like called the War Eagles. We've been doing this for over the over past thirty some years, and so I, I deal with little kids every day. I love little kids every day. They listen, and so I. That's what I'm saying. I got, I got kids are looking up to me. But but I'm trying to. Oh, well, you I want to see them kids. To, I want to see them kids grow to be men. Not when they hit the street, they got to worry about drive-by shooting and stuff. That's what I'm trying to reach right there. I'm trying to reach them brothers because they got they got an idea in their mind that they can put on a platform and create. The the drug dealers got money that they can put towards the communities and start building inside the communities to build build something better for the communities. You. you you got to rap to them. You got to rap to them. You got to come to them like that. That's I, I know what you're talking about. I had to come to them like that. I stopped coming to them as enemies of the community, even though what they're doing is destructive to the black community. They know it. You know it. So when they see you, they brace now. Oh, man, here he come here. They think you're going to be another enemy. But when you extend that hand like, yo, shit ain't, man, I ran these streets. I know what it is, homie, yada, yada, yada. Not endorsing what you're doing. But, yo, you doing wrong, you killing the community, bro. You can't give 100, 200 back to the community. I can't get some of that money back. You give, you take it from the community. Yeah, I know my listeners are listening. I can't believe you ain't going to say that. Yes. Yes. The numbers <laughs> out there pushing poison, we're going to run it out of the community. But until then, in the meantime, in between time, pay them dues, homie. Pay them dues. You know, and let's get some institutions that create avenues and teach our young people and give them the instruments to have so that they don't have to resort to being dope dealers. That's why I tell the dope dealers, just keep it real, see how it affects them. Yo, you getting it in, homie. You doing what you do. I ain't finna knock that. Can we create, can you help me to give these babies a chance? Can we not sell dope on the school? Can we have, Can this park get cleaner? Can this be dope-free, safe zone, gun-free zone? Just be, let them know you respect the See, I think a lot of times, and I'm not saying you, Hassan, just a lot of people I've met oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking to these young people, they're too combative. We're going to take the streets back from these young people. First of all, the young people don't ain't don't own the streets, and you don't either. So you ain't taking nothing from nobody. <laughs> Say what, brother? You ain't taking nothing. I'm telling right. you, yeah, I know, and when I know you use that fact, language, yeah, exactly. Exactly. and when I, you use that I, language, like it's combative and it's confrontational. So you... You don't get, you're already, they've already thrown up the deep. You ain't taking, now here you go, telling them you finna take the streets back that you don't own, they don't own. It's like a man come up and tell me, I'm going to take that, you're not a nigga, I'm going to take that $100 out your pocket. You ain't going to take nothing from me. I don't have $100 in my pocket. But I would be ready to kill because somebody then came and said, he's going to take something that I ain't got. But on this false bravado, you ain't gonna take nothing. You get my hundred dollars, you know. Not even laughing, man. I don't even have a hundred dollars. So it's just all in our approach in in, in ending it, brother. Because I know you have something to say. When you work in conjunction with, I work in conjunction with the gangs and the dope dealers. These are streets, homie. If 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 anybody gonna claim the streets, let's claim them together. This your hood. Can we get it together? I'm trying to help us clean it up. And some of them go, man, screw you, this and that. 
Some you're going to get it in, but if you're persistent and consistent with these knuckleheads, you're going to win one or two that's going to say you're pretty cool, and that's all you need because then it's like Johnny Appleseed. They will be and getting the all influence I want, of it. Well, my, yep. my, my philosophy, what I think is that it says it's 10 brothers right there. If I can get one or two about that group, I won. Because guess what? It might be it might be somebody in that group that look up to them, that they're going to follow them. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So this how is how I look at groups when I see them. I see it every day. I, yep. I, I know how the streets is. Like I grew up in the streets of Chicago, moved down to Memphis to, to, the, to the worst parts of Memphis. See, I don't see whole dying in my face, get shot in my face. I don't been through all that, but I... I just want to, I want to, I don't want to, I can't stop nothing, but I want to slow it down. That's, that's my plan of yeah. slowing it down. Teaching our black sisters and brothers, yo, 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 grandma paid for, paid for that house, been paying for that house, rent for that house all her life. I can show you how to buy that land and own that house. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to teach them that. But, I, but since, since I know <clears> the knowledge of it, I can teach them this. Right. That's what I'm talking about, brother. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, we winding down because we're doing a hour thirty today. We're oh, yeah, winding yeah, down to cool, our cool. last four minutes. Unless I get back to the Last four minutes. Say it again, bro. Okay. How's on? I said, I, I, I'm, I can let y'all get back on the lines. I, I, I'm still going to listen. So y'all give up. <laughs> hey, yeah, well, we about, we about to <laughs> close this when we're doing the hour thirty today. Should the wheels fall off. Right. You know what I'm saying? I love it, man. I always love you checking in with his brother and everything, man. You know I look forward to them calls. Sister Makita, like always, I'm going to end it like I do with the Wakusa wake up, clean up, king up, and queen up, and stand up. And I look forward to hearing from the people and talking with the people next Tuesday. And to next Tuesday, I see you then. Makita, the floor is yours. Any closing words? Hey, same here. Um, I look forward to the productive bill um, and continuing to forward, you know, what it, what it is that we're trying to accomplish, continuing to express it and, and to, to spread the whole idea of what it is that we're trying to accomplish out here, you know, not just in, a, in this cocoon, but to actually make sure that the people get a hold of it. And really understand that the thing is about us being self, us being, you know, us struggling for that freedom. So, in you know, to that end, I agree. Wake up, clean up, stand up, cool Um, And I also part with Uhuru, which means freedom. And we got to get that freedom. Uhuru. Uhuru Sasa. Uhuru Sasa. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did pure. 
like a cup of virgin blood. Mix with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm gonna body this hood politics, acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One knee I duck, could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cops shot again, bus stop glass burst, a fiend drops a Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back, fuck getting hit. This is my hood, I'm a rap to the death of it. So everybody come on, little niggas is grown. Hood rats, don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the star, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase, the street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die, we're nines out. This is what nines is about, niggas, the time is now. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, one mic. That's all I need. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic. All I need, niggas. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, one mic. Yeah. All I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your crew. Six went into you. Everybody gotta die sometime. Hope your funeral never get shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent. Nothing is fair. Niggas roll up. Shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is racing. Tasting revenge in the air. I let this shit slide for too many years. Too many times now I'm strapped with a couple of Macs. Too many nines. If y'all niggas really with me, get busy. Load up the semis. Do more than just hold it, explode the clip until you empty There's nothing in our way, they bust, we bust, they rush, we bust Let fly and feel it, I feel it in my gut That we take these bitches to war, lie them down Cause we stronger now, my nigga, the time is now All I need is one mic Spread my voice to the whole world. 